Okay, so our dilemma of the week is the following. Uh, a guy comes home to uh, see his car that is parked right outside his house, covered in dust. There's been a dust storm, and so the entire car is completely covered in dust. This itself is just a minor inconvenience. You can always wash the car. Uh, but as he examines his car, he sees that somebody has scribbled some words on his windscreen with their finger in the dust. Now, usually what people write in such circumstances is, please wash me or, or something of the like. And there again, that would be not such a big deal. The problem is that the person had written on the windscreen of this guy's car Hebrew letters and upon close examination, what was actually written was a verse from the book of Tehillim, a biblical verse in Hebrew, and uh, amongst the words was also the name of God, Hashem's name, the four-letter name of God, a Yud and a He and a Vav and a He, spelt out, written in the dust on the windscreen of his car. This proposes a bit of an issue because one is not allowed to erase the name of God. There's a, there's a holiness to the name of God, particularly when it's written that way, uh, that makes it unerasable. So he can't just put on his windscreen wipers and get rid of this uh, graffiti on his car. That would be erasing God's name, would it not? And that would be problematic. Um, he could wait until it rains next time and then the name will be erased by God himself. But in the meantime, he wants to drive his car. And you can't drive a car that the windscreen is covered in dust except for a verse scratched into it. You can't just peek through the letters of, the, of the, that verse and drive your car. That would be rather dangerous. On the other hand, he's got a dilemma here. Is he allowed to erase this name that was uninvited? Somebody went and, and scribbled it on his car with no right, whether they were somebody who was maybe in a state of religious fervor and wanted to express themselves by writing a verse on somebody else's car, or they were actually trying to get him and annoy him to put, put him in a vexing situation where he can't drive his car and he can't erase the 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 verse, whatever the, the intentions of the person who did it were, it's not all that relevant for us at the moment. At the moment, we, he's got a problem that he's got a, he wants to drive and he can't erase the name of God. Now, the source of this prohibition is in actually this week's Torah portion in the parish of the week, Parshas Re'eh, where there's a command when the Jewish people come to the land of Israel, they are commanded to uproot the idolatrous temples that were there. Uh, they had to destroy all of the, uh, the idolatrous structures that were found in the Holy Land, including um, any um, altars that were built for idolatry, uh, any, any structures and buildings that were built for idolatry, also trees that were worshipped, that were, that were grown especially to worship, and, and certainly any idols had to be destroyed that the land had to be uh, purged of any idolatry. The verse that says that commandment, after saying you should destroy the altars and you should destroy the idols, 
It says, do not do this to God, your God. This destruction you should not do to God. So the sages analyze that verse and say, what's it saying? You should destroy the, the temples of idolatry, but don't do this to God. What is that saying? You shouldn't destroy God's temple? That's obvious. You shouldn't destroy the altar of God? That, that's obvious. So the sages say what it means is God, meaning the name of God, that, that you should not destroy the name of God. As, as you destroy idolatry, you should not destroy God's name. And therefore, if you have God's name written on a, on a piece of paper, if you have a, a, a printout of a verse from the Torah, if you have holy books, you can't destroy them. You can't just rid yourself of them. They need to be buried. And this is true till today, that any, any holy work that has God's name spelt out that requires burial and cannot be destroyed, um, defamed in any way, uh, or erased. This, by the way, is not just in the Hebrew language, but even in other languages. If God's name is spelt out, it has a holiness and it cannot be discarded. This is why we customarily write G-D when we write God's name, because we don't know where our writing may end up. And so in order to protect its holiness, we, uh, we don't write the name out fully. In Hebrew, many people will write just the letter hey with a little apostrophe next to it to represent God's name, but it's not spelling out God's name. That can be thrown out because that's not a, not a full name. The only issue is when the name is spelt out, whether in Hebrew or in any other language, uh, fully, it cannot be discarded. And so therefore, we have our problem here with our friend that his car has God's name scratched in the, in the dust and he can't erase it. Now, you might say, hang on a minute, God's name is not written there. There's no, there's no name written there. There's, when you write in dust, so you make a space and the space is, is, the, is the, the letter. So there's no actual letter there. There's just a space with dust around it. So there's, there's no actual writing there. Well, it's an interesting point, but uh, I would argue against that, that that's what all engraving is. And engraving is where you engrave out the space and create the letter. So there's two ways of writing. There's writing where you imprint a letter. There's writing where you extract a, around and, and create the letter. Both ways are creating a letter. You've got God's name here. And, it's, and that's the problem. So what can our friend do? Is, is there any solution to this? So I want to share with you a statement from the Talmud, the Gemara in Tractate Shabbos, where it talks about something somewhat similar. And let's see if we can, we can compare the two. The, the, the Talmud says the following. If somebody had a name of God written on their skin, written down on their skin, they'd, they'd written down with the paint or pen, a name of God on their skin, says the Talmud, such a person should not wash. You can't bathe, because that would be rubbing off God's name. Should not uh, smear oils on his skin, because that would rub off the name. And also cannot stand in a dirty place, in a disgraceful place. When you've got God's name on you, it's a, it's, it has holiness. You can't go into a place that is uh, dirty, a, a, a refuse, a place of refuse. So this guy who's got God's name written on him has got a problem. Yeah, not, not, he can't wash, can't bathe. He can't even go into a bathroom with God's name on you uh, because uh, that's, a, that's a disgrace. So he's got a real problem. Continues the, the, the Talmud. If he became obligated 
in immersing in a mikvah. If there a situation came up where he had a mitzvah to, 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 to go into a mikvah, which would only really apply in the times of the temple, where if he needed to go into the temple or to eat a sacrifice or to do anything in, 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 of holiness, and he was in a state of impurity, he needed to first immerse in a mikvah. So here we've got a problem. On the one hand, he's got God's name written on him, so he can't bathe. On the other hand, he has an obligation to bathe in a mikvah in order to go into the temple. What happens? Says the Talmud, he should put a leaf or some covering over the, the name of God and go into the mikvah. So in other words, if he can, he can cover the name of God, he can then go into the mikvah. Rabbi Yossi has a different opinion and says that no, he can go into the mikvah without covering it. If he has a mitzvah to go, go to the mikvah, he can just go to the mikvah without covering it. As long as he doesn't rub it, it's fine. It's going to come off. But it's okay because if he doesn't actively rub it, it's fine. So, what is, what is this implying? That because you're not actively going to rub it off, you're not cleaning yourself, you're not scrubbing yourself, you're going to the mikvah. Mikvah is an immersion. So, automatically the name will be erased. Okay, but that's, in, that's indirect. It's called what's called grammar, where you cause something indirectly. And so, therefore, it is permissible to indirectly erase God's name by going into the mikvah. You can't have a shower because having a shower is scrubbing yourself, cleaning yourself. That's actively cleaning off the, the, the name of God. But going into the mikvah, which is an immersion, you're not scrubbing yourself, that will be permissible. And even the, the opinion that says you have to cover it, you have to cover the name of God that is written on you with a, with, with a leaf or with some type of covering, that is not to prevent it from being erased. It's going to be erased anyway. It's because you can't be naked in front of God's name. And so by covering it, you're not, you're not disgracing God's name. So here we have a Talmudic source that says that indirectly causing the erasure of God's name is permissible. You can't directly rub it off, but you can indirectly do it. So, Rabbi, yeah. Rabbi is that, is that um, source, is it relevant that that's in the undertaking of a mitzvah specifically, or uh, just any time that it's indirect is okay? That's a good point. That's a very good point. But because it, it's, it seems that what you're saying is true. The specific exception here was not just that it was an indirect act, that was, that was one thing. But another thing was that there was a mitzvah for him to go to the mikvah. That he had an obligation to go to the mikvah. Whereas if it's not an obligation, then can we make the same uh, comparison? And perhaps we can't. In our case, indeed, if he would turn on the windscreen wipers. Why is he turning on the windscreen wipers? He's doing that because he wants to drive. He wants to get rid of the dust. He's not trying to get rid of the space between the dust that spells out God's name. That's not what he's trying to erase. In fact, that part he can see through. What he can't see through is the dust. So he turns on the windscreen wipers to, to rub away the dust. And what that causes is an erasure of the divine name that was written on it. So if causation, if indirect cause is, is the, the, the factor here, so then we'd say he'd be allowed to do it. However, there is a, um, a source that agrees with, with what Ariel pointed out. And that is the Noida Behuda, one of, one of the great halachic authorities, who he, he says that here this permission given to a race in an indirect way is only because there was a mitzvah for him to go to the mikvah. And because, but if there's no mitzvah, then it wouldn't apply. A proof for this is that this idea that you're allowed to go into the mikvah even though the name will be erased is brought in the halachic works of the Rambam. Maimonides brings it as a, as a halacha. 
but it is not quoted by the Shulchan Aruch, which is the code of Jewish law, the, the most fundamental code of Jewish law. And the question is why? Why does Rambam mention it, but Shulchan Aruch not mention it? And the answer is because Rambam brings laws that are no longer relevant today. He brings laws of the temple, laws of sacrifices, whereas the Shulchan Aruch does not bring laws that are not relevant at this moment without the temple existing. And so this is an example of such a law because the only obligation a man could have to go to the mikvah is to enter into the temple or eat sacrifices. And such a thing today doesn't apply. So Maimonides, Rambam, brings that law, whereas Shulchan Aruch does not bring that law. Because Maimonides will bring a law that's relevant to temple times. We'll have a temple again, God willing, and it will be, will be relevant again. Shulchan Aruch does not bring such laws, which indicates that the only time that you'd be allowed to bathe and indirectly erase God's name is when you have a mitzvah to do so, to go to the mikvah, which does not apply today. We have customs to go to the mikvah. It's still a tradition to go to the mikvah, but it's never an absolute mitzvah for a man to go to the mikvah today. So that indicates that this source will not help our poor car owner here. He cannot indirectly erase the name of God because it's not a mitzvah to do so. Uh, he's got to get to work, but he can get a ride to work. He can, he can get a bus to work. You can't really call it a mitzvah to erase in, in such a case. But perhaps we could give him another uh, permission. And this is by looking at a, a, a parallel interesting question uh, that was asked. And that is, what if somebody had a tattoo of God's name? So here, before the Talmud talk about, it was written in pen. But what about a tattoo? Can you get that tattoo removed? We know that a tattoo is forbidden in, in Jewish law, but it's happened. The, somebody, somebody got this tattoo. They thought they were actually being very righteous and getting God's name tattooed into their body. But uh, they later realized that this was not such a great idea. And they want to get the tattoo removed. Are they allowed to do so? This question was answered by one of the, a contemporary halachic authority, Rabbi Eliyahu Bakshi Doron. Rabbi Dor, uh, Bakshi Doron was the chief rabbi, the Sephardi chief rabbi of Israel, uh, not long ago, he actually passed away this year. In April this year, age 79 from coronavirus, uh, he passed away in Israel. And so it's a merit to quote him uh, in his schut in his of his neshama. So he actually discussed this exact question. He was asked, can somebody with a tattoo of God's name get it erased? They want to get rid of it. So he... Could he ever go to the toilet? Well... If God... he had a tattoo of God's name, could he ever go to the toilet? He would have to cover it every time. He certainly would have to cover the tattoo every time going to the bathroom. Um, because he can't take God's name into the bathroom. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's not very convenient. So, in fact, that, that, that is what um, Rabbi Bakshi Doron played upon. He quoted um, an earlier halachic authority, the Hassam Sofer, who had a different case of somebody who went to a, a bathroom and found stuck on the wall of the bathroom a verse with God's name like glued onto the wall. Somebody had d done that for whatever reason. So this person wanted to know, can I scratch this off in order to not have God's name in the bathroom? Or, and must I do that? Or do I have to leave it? If I leave it, it's a disgrace to God's name. If I scratch it off, I'm, I'm, I'm erasing God's name. So what do I do? So the Chassam Sofra said that in order to prevent an ongoing disgrace of God's name, you can erase it. You can actually scratch it off. Doing one act of, erase, of erasing the name is permissible if it's in order that it shouldn't be disgraced long term. 
And so Rabbi Bakshi Doran said in a, a similar thing that the tattoo on this person's body, yes, he's going to cover it every time he goes to the bathroom, hopefully. But it being there is a disgrace of God's name. And so therefore to erase it at one time is better than to keep it long term. That's, that's one thing. And the other thing he said is that there's a law that the Rambam brings. And that is that if you find holy writings, holy scriptures that were written by a person who doesn't really believe in them, who, who doesn't believe in the holiness of them, such scriptures, such, such verses, such names can be erased. They can be destroyed. They don't have innate holiness. If it's written by somebody who believes in it, who, 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 who takes it seriously, so then it has holiness. But somebody who is themselves a non-believer, it doesn't have innate holiness. You can destroy such, such things. An interesting example of this was there was missionaries in Israel who were, were printing New Testament Bibles, uh, and I wanted, and they did they, in Hebrew and and in Yiddish, and they were they wanted to deliver them to religious people's homes. So they started just throwing them into their garden. That a Bible would just drop in somebody's garden or somebody's back door, they would find a, a Bible, and they were banking on the fact that they'd written it in Hebrew with God's name, and so these people will not destroy these things because they're they're holy. However. It wasn't actually a problem because the people who were, set, were, were, were writing and printing these Bibles were not people who believe in our Bible in, 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 in its divine nature. They, they think that it's been updated and changed. So therefore, when a non-believer writes a Bible, you can actually destroy it. You can, you can get rid of it. So too, the Chassam Sofa says, uh, sorry, the, Bakshi Doron says that, quoting the Rambam, that in the case of the tattoo, did the tattoo parlor artist did, did did they believe in the holiness of the divine name that they were writing or they just said this is what i want and and, and it was being written most likely you could say that, that, that I mean, i'm not judging the tattoo artists i'm sure many of them are righteous people and some of them might be believers but most of the time what, what they're writing they're doing a piece of art they're not writing a holy scroll so therefore a divine name that was written by somebody who doesn't believe in it who's not not, not writing it for the holy purpose it can be erased it, it's not a problem the, the, the tattoo can be so here as well, we could say, possibly, that the person who scratched God's name into a car, uh, into the dust on a car, that's not respecting God's name. That's not honoring God's name. That's, a, that's a, a form of graffiti. So therefore, it wasn't written with that holy intent. It wasn't going to last anyway. It's going to be destroyed because eventually it is going to rain and it's going to be erased anyway. So therefore, to erase it now in order, in order that God's name should not be in a disgraceful place, written by somebody with not such great intentions in the first place, it would be permissible to do it and, and to do it once and for all. So the, this poor guy could, I think, put on his windscreen wipers, wipe the, the, the slate clean and get to work in peace. Have a great day. Thanks for joining. Yeah, very good. Thank you, Rabbi. All the best. Bye-bye.